Welcome to the Cassidy Offers Podcast. This is episode 182. Uh, you got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to take a few moments to remember uh, James Yeager from Tactical Response. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, Yeager passed away about a week ago. Uh, complications of a kind of long-term degenerative disease. ALS, Lou Gehrig's. Yeah, I I I'm, so. not, I'm not sure which what specifically, but something like that. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, same thing as dad passed away. Almost the same age range. I mean, almost the same onset. Um, so we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to... Uh, I know Jaeger has kind of been a polarizing figure over the last decade or more. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a good dude. Um, he did a lot for the firearms community here in the United States and honestly internationally as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of classes. I can count more classes down there that I've taken um, in Camden <clears throat> that had students from overseas yep. um, in them than I can that did not. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by definitely agreeing with the fact you know Jaeger was a polarizing dude. Um, Jaeger was was probably the PT Barnum of YouTube for guns. Um, I'm I'm serious as a heart attack. He was the dude who figured out how to get on YouTube, how to do a video, um, reach through the screen of your phone or your laptop or whatever, and shake people. Um, the and he the sold classes doing it. And he sold classes doing it. Absolutely. Um, the other thing, you know, uh, unlike like the Southwest Museum of Gunfighting, whose you know leader at one point was notorious for saying, you know, how can we don't change your basic pistol class now that we know new things? And his response was because we haven't had an empty seat. And Jaeger was the exact opposite. They were very much on along the idea of, hey, if there's a better way, let's move to the better way. And tactical response started um, probably notoriously during the global war on terror, uh, whether that's Jaeger's infamy or, or his famousness or whatever, depending on who you are and what you think about um, that kind of initial incident that brought him into this game. Um, the reality check was is that he started this business um, at the, about the same time that like the internet really became a thing as far as spreading information in media from a perspective of video and stuff like that. And so he put videos that were out there initially, probably VCR tapes, but DVDs and stuff yeah. like that early. And a lot of that stuff, kind of like the same Magpul era, he was probably a little bit ahead of Magpul as well with, the, with Costa and Haley doing their thing. But he was this face out there. Um, he was this southern dude who probably m most of you damn Yankees can't tell the difference between a southerner and a redneck. Um, he might have been a little bit of both, but you hear this crazy redneck, um, you know, spouting all this wild stuff. And, and, and the reality check is having met Jaeger and had a number of conversations with him in person, having taken a number of the classes, having sat down with him at dinner a number of different times. Um, the, the man was truly, uh, was truly, I, I don't know if I want to go so far as genteel, but he was a Southern gentleman. Yeah. He was very much a student of the gun as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, when you put all that into perspective, um, it, it's, it's interesting that people considered him polarizing. Um, and I don't disagree with that statement at all. Um, it's just interesting that like the, the James Yeager of the internet, the James Yeager of YouTube, the James Yeager of videos, uh, was, was almost not the James Yeager of a tactical response class, whether it be fighting pistol, advanced fighting pistol. Um, I can't speak to the contractor classes because I never took those. Um, but if, you know, in the classes, he was a, 
as far as being a student, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, right up till the end, um, he was going to Thunder Ranch and taking classes. He was going, um, you know, it seems to me that he was in like a Modern Samurai Project um, dot optics class, maybe even the instructor class or something like that. Um, he's one of those guys who constantly took classes from other top-notch instructors. Um, <clears throat> back in the day, big, he was a big Farnham guy. Uh, went, he went to a lot of Farnham classes. Um, if you knew John, if you know John and, and, and Vicky Farnham, um, the, not ones to brook a lot of stupid, not ones to brook a lot of attitude or a lot of ego in their classes. Um, and he is definitely not that guy in a class. He's the dude who's there to learn just like everybody else. And if somebody taps him and says, you know, if the instructor taps him and says, hey, what's your opinion on this? He'll give it. But in general, in the class, um, he was an avid student, but he was also a very good student, too, in, in that regard. Uh, I, as you can tell, I'm a, I'm a huge Jaeger fan, um, and, and he'll definitely be missed. He was a good dude for sure. Uh, I just remember going back and watching him do the, his thing out of Big Darby Creek shooting range. And how the classes were run, uh, just super professional. The content was solid. And like you said, it was kind of, I don't know if I'll say cutting edge, but it was the solid foundational stuff. And then the stuff that went around that to build on top of it was literally, if, if we felt like something changed based on data, based on experience, that's what went into that class. Uh, they, were, they were more than willing to change a curriculum to keep up to date with what people needed and where things were. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what what all classes did you take? I mean, I know there's yeah. a bunch of them. I mean, I know I'm um, just a quick rundown. Yeah, I did the started down there in Camden, um, way of the pistol, which was fighting pistol, advanced fighting pistol. Um, we did night shoot in between those two, and yep. then we did a, like a half day force on force. Yeah, um, that was my first exposure to tactical response. Um, I liked it enough. Yeah. that when they did their year of fighting in 2013, mm -hmm. um, I signed up for the year of fighting. So I actually got to repeat that five-day class, um, then went on the fighting rifle, the high-risk civilian contractor, small unit tactics class, um, did the one the two-day medical package, Yep. Um, did the high-risk civilian contractor medical class, and then um, this is kind of for me going on the Wayback Machine. Um, did the fast and accurate pistol, did the fast and accurate rifle, and then the intermediate distance um, rifle class. Okay. And amazingly enough, I spent like a ton of time down in Camden taking all those classes. Yeah. Never actually had Jaeger as an instructor. Yeah. Um, but I stayed in his basement a whole bunch. Yeah, in the team room. In the team, in the, room. In the team room. So, yeah, the team room of, of legend, the team room of mythology. Um, you know, so yeah, and I, you know, for me, you know, we, when we had Big Darby Creek shooting range and I was, you know, basically running the events there and running all the training schedule and stuff like that there, um, we had Jaeger and Aaron Little up. Um, and that's almost who it ended up being every time. I think Jay might've come up with them one time. Um, okay. but they did, he and Aaron came up and did a fighting pistol, advanced fighting pistol, fighting rifle, advanced fighting rifle. Um, both of those twice. Uh, and one of those they spilled over uh, because it was a it was a an, a spring class, and so we did ended up doing some low light stuff in the spring class as well um, for one of the advanced fighting pistols. Basically, split the class in half for the day, um, and and did that. And and that was that was probably my first introduction to to low light and to stuff like that. And and I will say that like taking those classes. There were a number of things that, that Jaeger specifically did, but I'm assuming tactical response as a whole did as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, n number one was at the time, you know, any kind of defensive uh, firearms classes that were taught by good instructors, 
Um, I, don't, I don't know if anybody had actually codified the idea or come out with the idea that, that gunfighting, the mentality of gunfighting is a martial art. It's not like this separate thing from a martial art. And Jaeger, and I don't know if Jaeger was the first one to say it or if he was just probably the one who said it the most, was that the root word in, in, in a gunfight, in gunfight, the word gunfight is not gun, it's fight. Um, and so they would lead off a lot of their skills drills and stuff like that would be with the word fight. You know, um, and, and so I could sit here and tell half a dozen really funny stories about Jaeger um, and, and stuff that he did that was that he was just he wasn't even quirky. He just had a phenomenal sense of humor and was ornery as hell, but could still keep it in check. And a lot of the fighting pistol classes especially was their intro to fighting handgun as they were kind of their beginner yeah. class. And a lot of those classes would have younger students, um, a lot of females and he was one of those guys that in, in that environment, man, he was, like I said, he was a true Southern gentleman. But the thing I think that sticks out most for me with Jaeger as an instructor was I, I literally watched him do this. And I'm going to say a half a dozen times, but probably more than that, where somebody wasn't getting something. The way it was described wasn't working. They weren't seeing it. They weren't seeing what they needed to see, visualizing what they needed to visualize or whatever. And I watched him say or describe a technique, um, probably not a tactic, but a technique to somebody um, three or four different ways, three or four totally different ways, totally different sets of words, um, a different way to come at it, a different way to visualize it. Um, and, and as an instructor, somebody who, you know, you can be the coolest, most badass dude in the world and be a Navy SEAL. And we talk about this, the Navy SEAL versus the Green Beret. Who am I going to take a class from? I'm going to default to the Green Beret until I know another reason not to, only because the Green Beret is taught to be a teacher. Um, Digger was a phenomenal teacher in that regard. And so the mark of going to a good class is not how cool the instructor it is. It's how much better you are when you leave. And he would take people who had experience and maybe needed to go to the next level or take somebody who did had zero experience and get them a lot further down the road than a lot of other instructors. And he did that by being able to communicate with people at their level, not just his level. So a lot of times you'll see these guys who come out of military instruction or law enforcement instruction, and they just say the same thing over and over and over again. Somebody doesn't get it, and you say it over and over and over again. Just louder. Yeah, just louder. Yeah, it's, you know, um, what do you call somebody who only speaks one language? You know, American. Um, but anyway, um, you know, he was he was that guy who could, you know, he, because he was a student as uh, himself, he went to classes and heard people say things and codify things differently, and he could get people to perform. He could get people to get to the level he wanted them to at the end of the class. Um, and as an instructor, I don't know what else there is beyond that. If you tell somebody, I'm going to, you know, when you leave this class, you'll be able to do these things. And at the end of the class, by God, you were able to do those things in most cases. And in general, if you couldn't, it was generally on you. It's because you either had an attitude issue um, or, or uh, I, I, it, it was, well, it was an attitude issue because it didn't, we watch people with physical disabilities and things of that nature, as well as just size against them. I mean, he's had, um, I, I, you know, and I, again, this is part of the controversy. Kids as young as eight, 10 years old take fighting pistol with a nine millimeter Glock 19. If they could run the gun and run the slide, it's like, well, can I bring my kid? Are they safe? Yup. Can they run the gun? Yup. Okay, cool. Um, and they would do it. And, and so that to me, uh, you know, being inclusive, bringing people into the game, um, non-gun people, uh, different cultures, you know, race, creeds, colors, etc. He didn't care. And I think everybody assumed, or a lot of people, you know, just think of him because of the accent as a redneck. He was far from it. He was absolutely far from it. Um, so as an instructor, that was that was kind of the game for me. So I uh, watched him do a lot of really cool stuff in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as a person, 
as an as an entity, as a business, as the face of a business. Um, crazy stuff. Yeah, crazy was, stuff. Where he was he was definitely brilliant as the the PT Barnum of yes the gun culture. From yes, and I mean that as a compliment. A I mean that as a compliment because. Um, I don't think he thought of a sucker born every minute. I, I think, you know, he, he thought more of an opportunity with every student, with every opportunity as a student yeah. to teach people to bring them further. Um, but as far as getting people into classes and, again, reaching through that, that television screen or that computer screen or that iPhone screen and grabbing you and making, go, making you, if you didn't know him, go, who in the hell is this guy? Um, the, and, and some of the things, too, like there's some, like some great Americanisms in there. Um, I'm absolutely certain that when I hear um, spooky Joe Biden on the TV with the Nazi red background um, and the weirdness that all that that just occurred, um, I, I'm absolutely certain that when Jaeger, you know, said some of the things that he said about, you know, a crazy government and you're going to tell me I can't have my gun, somebody's got to come get them. One of the biggest things that blew up was basically when they talk about banning assault rifles, which is a bullshit term. Um, when they talk about banning modern sporting rifles uh, that hold standard amounts of capacity, like 30 rounds, and fire super powerful cartridges that go five times faster, um, you know, than any other bullet, and you know the ghost guns that fire 30 clips per second, you know, and um, all the stupidity. He literally said one time, you know, you're gonna, you're going to come get them, and when you come get them, I'm, I'm going to do I'm going to do bad shit to the people that come get them. And then the next guys that are going to come get them are going to have to think twice about whether or not they want to come get them. And he, and he said, eventually they're going to burn my house down with me in it, and that'll solve the problem for them. But it's going to sting. It's going to hurt. Yeah. And that's and, and there's a part of me that says that when you take something like the Second Amendment, your Second Amendment rights, and you push that where it comes from, it doesn't come from the Bill of Rights. It doesn't come from the Constitution. It doesn't come from the Declaration of Independence. It comes from God, the Lord of God has given you these rights and he really would he stood behind that mentality around there's nobody coming to get my stuff without a fight because that's a right that nobody can take away from me and juxtapose that with creepy joe in the red background um man it's almost like he was prophetic that nearly in his lifetime we've seen that kind of craziness where the atf's gone full stupid the fbi's probably gone full stupid right along with them um more loudly yeah. um you know so you know as a person he really was a great american and saying hey you got to stand up for your rights and you think about the dudes that stood up and wrote the declaration of independence and pinned their name to it along with their <laughs> their lives sacred honor and all that fun stuff right along with it um i think he probably would have been one of those crazy dudes back then who had been like yep it's time for a fight yeah. um and those dudes were fighters have no illusion we think of them all in powdered wigs um, and in, in super, you know, the super tight coats and all wool and it being like, you know, hotter than hell in Virginia in the summertime in 95 degrees, 95% humidity. And they wore wool clothes and powdered wigs. Um, and as genteel, they might've been gentlemen, but they were also fighters. Uh, when somebody told them, you know, they came here to live here for a reason. And when somebody told them they weren't going to live the lives they wanted, they stood up. I would see Jaeger as being one of those dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah cool dude uh definitely gonna be missed um we'll miss the the orneriness we'll miss the shocking you through your tv um and we'll miss the ability to take your skill sets where they tell you they're going to take your skill sets uh, uh you know in a classroom environment or in a range environment and teach you uh, those things will all be missed it's good to hear that the guys at down in camden are going to carry on um it sounds like that is a thing yeah 
So that's pretty cool. I don't know who's going to be running the show, but it sounds like most of those guys are in to continue that legacy, yeah. which is pretty awesome. So cool stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, not cool stuff. So, so anything to throw at that? Yeah. Again, I'd just say like the other big part with Jaeger was the community and the team room. Yep. Um, a lot of the, if you were in Camden, um, there's as much learning that happened in the team room as there was in a class, yeah. sometimes more. Yeah. Um, just based on who was at a given class. Sure. Yes. Um, yes. It, you know, in today's day and age where it seems like, you know, people, nobody ever goes to anybody's house. Yeah. You know, we all meet restaurants, bars, coffee shops, yeah. wherever. Um, Jaeger was the absolute opposite of that. Yeah. And, you know, whether it was your first time down there or your 10th time down there, um, once you were there, you were part of the family. Absolutely. And I, I, I would agree with that. That was something else that got stressed, both in the classes and then also outside of the classes. Um, Tactical Response had an online forum. Um, I'm sure they still do. Yep. Um, and a big part of that forum was, um, you know, in, in this day and age, your things can be transient. Your neighbors can be transient. Uh, people come and go. And that was a big thing they pushed is get to know your neighbors. You know, you might find some like-minded folks or people who want to be like-minded folks um, and bring them into the circle and, and create that community aspect, that community mentality, especially when you're looking down the barrel of, you know, whatever economically is happening in the country or this, these kind of things, civil unrest, whatever. Um, definitely form that community, create that tribe. Uh, he was for sure a tribe dude, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, he'll he'll definitely be missed. I know I was bummed when I heard that. Um, to see the firearms community come out and, and kind of raise a glass. I, well, he didn't drink. Um, but to raise a glass, I guess, you know, in his honor from a lot of different folks. It was good to see. Um, and, and it was nice to see how many people respected him uh, because he, he did a lot for this community. So, yeah. Well, he'll be missed. Yeah. So, with that. That uh, follow us along, please, on our social media. Um, as long as the commie bastards from Meta let us stick around, yeah. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Capsi Outfitters, on Instagram, we're Capsi Outfitters 2. Uh, check out the website, capsioutfitters.com. You can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer and how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Um, lastly, we do an email newsletter once a week. Um, you can sign up for it on the website or drop us an email to info at capsuleoutfitters.com. We will add you to the newsletter list. And we're here in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 <laughs> Cemetery Road. Uh, we're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, we're here during the week, 10 to 5, Tuesday through Friday, and then Saturdays, 10 to 3. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it. And lastly, a reminder that your responsibility to prepare for the fight never ends. Nice. nice.